Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. And you are listening to Ask the Tech Coach, episode number 27. This is our November Tech Coach Roundtable. Welcome to the podcast that is for tech coaches by tech coaches. Tonight, we have on three amazing tech coaches to talk all about some great topics, topics that we've been discussing on the show, topics such as how to get your job done but stay out of trouble, strategies for working with disruptive teachers, how to become a leader in your school district, and there's some other great topics. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We are glad that you are here. Nick, how are you today? Doing good, Jeff. Uh, you know, actually just trying to establish a genius hour in our second high school. So uh, trying to, you know, get that set up and get some students uh, running and find an advisor and do all the planning stages of that. Nick, that's certainly great to hear. Of course, last week was Thanksgiving. I hope everybody enjoyed their extended holiday weekend. Uh, we spent a lot of time here in the Teacher Cast Studios getting things tidied up, cleaning up a little bit, getting ready for that holiday push. And of course, Nick, there was a lot of great things happening over in our email box, especially for all those who are signing up for our EdTech Mastermind. Nick, what did you think so far about our EdTech Mastermind? I am certainly looking forward to the next one that's coming up. Yeah, you know, I think it was good. I, the feedback generally was that the people who were, you know, joining and, and were in the mastermind appreciated a place that they can kind of voice some of their feelings and their frustrations and have a, a group that they can kind of fall back on and listen and share. So that was good. And then, uh, you know, just the ability to sit down together and put together a technology integration plan. So, you know, between uh, you or I and sharing what we've done in our, our, our districts and our buildings, um, but just to have us as like a guide to kind of go there and, and do it with them. Now, maybe you're out there listening and you are the only tech coach in your school district and, you, and you're looking for somebody to lean on, you're looking for a group to join. We're going to be starting up our second tech coach mastermind you can find out all the details over at teachercast.net slash ask the tech coach mastermind what what kind of things are we going to be offering this semester nick for our mastermind clients yeah so we've got a you know a handful of things that we're going to offer we you know finalized and offering a learning management course online so it's about an eight-week course teachers can kind of go through learn the basics of you know, what goes into choosing the right LMS for you, uh, you know, not about any specific one. Uh, we're going to go into, again, kind of designing and helping you put together an EdTech integration plan. We've got, you know, free lesson plans to use with teachers, uh, membership in a private Facebook uh, tech group coach uh, that you can then, you know, bounce ideas off with other tech coaches all around the U.S., uh, downloadable templates and, uh, you know, a badge and a certificate at the end. And of course, we're going to be starting that in January. It's going to go for two months, so just a little bit over eight weeks or so. And if you use the, the code TC50, you guys get $50 off our price for our mastermind. So check it out over at teachercast.net slash askthetechcoachmastermind and use the promo code TC50 to get $50 off your order. And of course, Nick, last week we had episode 26 where we talked all about finding our teaching style. Uh, we had a lot of great things uh, around that episode, but mostly people were asking questions about really how do you start the process, especially if you're a first year tech coach? I mean, because we talked a lot last time about how it doesn't happen in your first year, but what if you are in your first year and you're trying to find your teaching style? Yeah, I think that, you know, one of the things I think we just went into were a variety of different styles, but just understanding that if this was your first time being a tech coach or a, uh, you know, a tech specialist or whatnot was 
not pigeonholing yourself into any one thing was letting it come sort of naturally kind of maintaining your personality and your voice in whatever you do. And, um, you know, kind of coming up with some type of blended or, or hybrid style that incorporates some of the best aspects of, of a variety of tech coach and teaching styles. And of course, that of course brings us into our tech tip of the week about being passionate about your position, knowing what role you serve in the school district, being a role model, encouraging creativity, and most importantly, listening and communicating effectively. And Nick, that is what we're all here to talk about today on our November roundtable. And if you are here joining us for the first time, there's several great ways to be a part of our show much like the, our guest today. You can find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach. Leave us a voice message over at TeacherCast.net slash voicemail and email us at feedback at TeacherCast.net. Nick, I want to bring on our first guest today. He was a, uh, an amazing tech coach, or is an amazing tech coach, I should say, that I had the opportunity to meet recently in Seattle at the ISTE conference. I want to bring on Claudio Zavala Jr. Claudio, how are you today? Hi. Welcome to Ask the Tech Coach. Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I am an instructional tech coordinator in Duncanville ISD, which is in Duncanville, Texas, just, uh, just on the border of Dallas. Uh, so I work with K-12 educators, primarily with uh, secondary, so 6th through uh, 12th grade. Very, very nice. Thank you so much for being here today. I also want to bring on Craig Nansen. Craig, how are you today? Doing very well. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Craig. Well, I'm very pleased that you invited me to be part of this. Um, right now, I'm retired in my fourth year of retirement, but I'm still keeping busy consulting with uh, school districts in North Dakota and doing some training and working with teachers and almost playing the role of a, of a tech coach now, which is uh, not really what my role was before. When I retired uh, after 30 years in the position of a district um, tech director, I guess I started out back in 1985 as the lone person in a school district with 18 schools and I'm not sure close to 500 teachers. And by the time I retired, we had a staff of 15 and I had six full-time tech integrators working in those schools. So um, I went all the way from being the, the single person up to just being really, a, a, I guess, a, an administrator handling, you know, the, the office type things and not getting out in the schools like I used to. I also want to bring onto the program Mr. Ryan Bradford. Ryan, how are you today? Welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing well. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I am the director of technology and integration for a small charter school group in the Southern California area. I uh, work with about three schools, uh, grades five through 12. Nice. Now, the, the idea for our show today is to really just go through the topics and, and really discuss everything that we can about being a tech coach, working in professional development, helping our students, and of course, as a tech coach, really being that go-between between the teaching staff, the administration, and, uh, you know, one of the things that we did a couple of weeks ago is we talked about what makes great presentation topics. And this was a topic that got a lot of questions to it. And I want to kind of open the floor here and, and ask Claudia a couple of questions here because, you know, we were at the ISTE conference recently, and I'm sure that they came to you and said, here's the concept that we have for this session. Um, Give us a topic. Pitch us an idea. What do you got? So, Claudia, when you're looking at all of these things, whether it be a school district, an ISTE conference, a, a, a regional thing, a, a department meeting, how do you pick your presentation topics? 
Um, well, in the case of the uh, the ISTE conference, um, it was primarily it was a, an Adobe sponsored event, so uh, it was kind of easy just to go with uh, an Adobe uh, tool. It's one that I use all the time, um, which is Adobe Spark. It's just an easy tool to use, um, and I think it's one of those I pick it because it's it's relevant to a teacher that they can use in the classroom. It's a tool that they can use and not just a, a teacher, but also a, an administrator, a tech coach. Uh, so finding things and may, it's not just the, uh, it may not just be Adobe, but whatever it is, something that's relevant and useful for uh, a teacher or an administrator or a tech coach. Nick, what do you think about all that? Because you, you and I right now are in that position of creating presentations for multiple audiences. And in fact, even, you know, as, you, as we're listening to this and recording this, next week's episode is going to be about how to find that topic that works for multi-hour presentations. Nick, what advice do you have when choosing your topics? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of my things is always big is just, you know, going off of, uh, you know, what your teachers want and trying to balance it well with what, you know, administration want. And there are those times when they may not directly, you know, correlate together where your teachers want certain things or they want more choice in what they want, but your, your, your district has the initiatives and, and the goals that, that they have set. So I think just being creative around, you know, how can you take what, what goals and initiatives your, your admin team has kind of set forth and, and being creative in how you can kind of interweave that into, uh, you know, an expectation or tech tool or, or pedagogy uh, for the teacher. So then you're kind of killing two birds with one stone, but, but, you know, you're doing your job, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And that's, you know, getting out the information that the, you know, admin want, but then also making it relatable to the teachers. Now, Ryan, as somebody who's more of an administrator level than a tech coach level here, do you find a lot that the topics are chosen for the PD people in your school district, or are they asked to come up with, um, you know, effective topics to entertain the teachers for a while? Um, so like Nick said, we tend to go back to our kind of priorities, um, but as far as the actual topics, we have a little bit more autonomy in it. Um, I know it's been really successful for us when we do tie to those big initiatives because when we introduce something completely random from, you know, let's say one of our big standards-based grading, and I'm going to show you this really awesome Google tool that has no connection to standards-based grading, it really overwhelms people. Um, so I found the really good presentation topics and the ones that get really good feedback from are the ones that kind of make those connections for the participants. And I think that's a big part, you know, just, just, you know, as you said, it, it kind of fills in the gap for the teachers because a lot of them, you know, like you said, they want that choice. They want that ability to, you know, ah, I'm really interested in this, but they don't see how it may directly relate, like you said, to that big initiative piece. If it's standards-based grading or you're talking about, you know, interdisciplinary learning or, or personalized learning, you know, how a tool can maybe fit into that um, and it makes sense for them. Now, Craig, what advice do you have when choosing these topics? I know you've been doing this for quite some time here. Um, I, I'm sure you've got some topics that were tried and true that you always kind of had in your backpack, but maybe you had a topic that, you know, administration said, hey, Craig, why don't you do this? It's a district initiative. Well, I guess one of the things we did with the, once I, I grew our, our uh, tech integrators, the actual title we gave them was the uh, Curriculum Technology Partners. So they worked on the curriculum, they worked with technology, but they did it as a partnership. And one of the things that I found when I did my, uh, my thesis for my specialist degree was that we're really teaching adult learners. And we broke, after that, 
research was done. We broke everything down into small groups and got our, I, I would spend Fridays working with our tech integrators and then they would go out and work with the teachers. So we never really had that one big topic where we had kindergarten teachers along with high school teachers trying to get an initiative going. We were working at that school level. Uh, if it was district driven, you know, we would, we would handle that. But it was always asking them what they are looking at doing the next week or in the upcoming weeks and then trying to fit the right technology tools into that and working with them in smaller groups at the same grade level, the same subject area, so that we were picking topics that met everybody that was participating. Now, Claudia, when it comes to picking topics, do you have a, a, a bag of tricks that you pull from? And if so, have you decided to create the same topic in the same description, or do you choose a description based on the audience? Meaning a, descri you know, a, a topic for your school district might get a different title if you were going to be presenting it at an ISTE conference or something large like that. Yeah, so um, it's kind of listening to the rest talk. It's based if, if I'm working, if I'm setting up something that's going to be used at, at my, in my district, uh, it's going to have a different, uh, how do I say, spin to it, um, when, rather when I'm going to a conference, because the conference is just different. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the individuals that are coming to my session, but at a school, at my school district, you know, these are teachers that I work with that I know. Uh, first and foremost, trying to build a relationship with them and, and get some trust, but um, is basically um, the bag of tricks right now. It's really what we do is we pull from different uh, different topics that we have. Uh, you know, we're a Google district, whether it's a, an app or tool that's, that we're deploying. It may be something in that nature. Um, and most of the time what we try to do is what is relevant to you? What do they want to learn? What do they want to use in their class? Because if it's something that doesn't pertain to them, something that they cannot use the next day or write the next period, then they're going to be like, well, this, this is not even, I don't want to hear this. And it's, I, I, I think everybody needs to agree and, and hear what Claudia said. Like finding that topic that teachers can go out tomorrow and, and use in their classroom. Now, Nick, you've been doing that a lot in your school. You've been doing a lot with that uh, Google Classroom, sorry, Google Slides and closed captioning thing, right? How's, how's that going in your district? <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a lot with that. Uh, no, you know what I've been spending a lot of time with is um, using Google Sites for to design digital playlists. Um, now, yeah. granted, we have an LMS. And we, you know, we use that to design different uh, personalized learning paths for students and for teachers with PD modules. But, but yeah, that's been a big piece. And, and just using kind of sites as, as a way to embed a, ver a variety of different tools that teachers use every day uh, into kind of one streamlined format. So as we're kind of wrapping up this part of our topic here, we want to know what you guys think about this. What makes your great presentation topics? How do you guys choose topics and suggestions and especially titles um, based off of your audience? We want to hear from you guys out there. Find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach or, of course, email us over at feedback at TeacherCast.net. Uh, Ryan, give us one or two of your current I don't say current, but your, your, your current presentation topics. If somebody said, Ryan, we want you to do a presentation, pick any topic under the sun, uh, what would that be or what would those be? Um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, so two recent ones I've done, I've really been trying to push my teachers on Google Slides and getting away from just 
doing the traditional slideshow. Um, so we did one recently on nonlinear presentations. Mm. Um, and I just left it as nonlinear and that had a lot of questions, people coming up to me, like, what is this about? What are we going to do? Which kind of helped by, uh, get the buy-in. And then also we've been doing a lot with the, uh, Sonny Magana's T3 framework and trying to help the teachers get the, past the idea that technology is just there for consumption and really having the kids produce and create artifacts of their learning with it. Nice. And, and Craig, what's your uh, topic of choice these days? Well, just recently I've been really pushing, uh, getting people going with QR codes and a lot of the different things that they can, can do with that. Um, and pretty much the whole, you know, Google suite for education, just about anything that falls into that area. Nice. Now, Claudia, in addition to doing all the great stuff we saw you do out there with the Adobe products, uh, what, what are your go-tos or what did you put in for ISTE this year? Right now, I'm really working on sharing with uh, teachers what they can use to create a video. So, uh, for example, I submitted diff, you know, different uh, video tools you can use to create you know, little short films or tutorials. Um, and then um, using Flipgrid for amplifying student voice. So those are kind of the ones that I'm kind of on the forefront right now. You know, when it comes to creating presentation topics or being asked to create presentation topics, it really is a matter of that tech coach or that PD developer stepping out of the traditional box and, and choosing the direction for the school district, right? Nick and I, we talk a lot about creating that ed tech integration plan of where do we want to go with our professional development? How do we want to move things forward? And it really is about taking that step to become a leader in your school district, the question that always comes up with tech coaches is how do you be a leader when you're not, right? You're, we're, sometimes we're not administrators. Sometimes we're not teachers. We're kind of in that middle there. So let's talk a little bit about ways that we can become leaders in our school district or help lead our school district. Ryan, when it comes to, to, to your district and, and, and kind of creating that ed tech integration plan, um, talk to us a little bit about how your district is set up and how do you guys choose what your teachers are going to be inspired to learn each year? Um, so we're a charter school, so we always go back to our charter petition because we have to do the elements that are in there. Um, so this year we went back and we realized we really kind of veered away from project-based learning and some of our other hallmarks. Um, so we use that. We use a lot just kind of looking at what's going on in the schools, kind of what are the teachers jumping on, what are they excited about that we can capitalize on and kind of build from there. Um, and then also what are we learning from the outside and really bringing that in. So are, are you mostly in your district, are you focused on um, blended learning stuff, SAMR model, one-to-one -one learning? What, what are some of the hot topics these days for your teachers? Um, the big hot topic for them is always Google Classroom. They okay. love that. So anytime that we can bring that into the classroom, they really uh, enjoy that. And then also we've really been focusing this year on the Google suite. Um, we've had it for years, just kind of used it at a lower level. So really trying to push them beyond sort of those, hey, I digitized a worksheet. That's awesome. How else can we use it? And do you have teachers in your district that are stepping out of the classroom to act as leaders or PD givers? Or how does that whole thing get structured? And, and what do you do? Or what would you do if you have a teacher that's really trying to be a go-getter in your class? Um, so that's one of the nice parts about my job is I get to kind of interact with all the teachers and see them. Um, and I always like to find those people yeah, and pull them out because that's what happened to me at one point. Um, was somebody who said, hey, you're really interested in doing this. How can we have you do a PD session on something that's really happening in your classroom? 
Um, we've experimented with doing some sort of virtual PD since we're at three geographically different sites hmm. um, and trying to have some of the teachers lead those and not just always be my voice that they hear. Now, Nick, you are in that position where you're a tech coach, but you're an administrator, right? Yeah, well, not quite the administrator, but, you know, coordinating all the PD. So, yeah, I'm out of the board. You know, that's the thing. I, I work out of the board office and they do see me in that light a lot, but just not on their scale. <laughs> now, because you have the, the, the background title of administrator, do you see yourself as a leader? And, and if so, do they see you as a leader or do they see you as tech coach? Um, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think now I, as I've kind of built those relationships and I think as they've, uh, come to workshops and things like that, I think they've come to the realization that it's, I'm not the break fix. I'm not an ITC guy. And that took some time to kind of get away from that, uh, as being <laughs> what, what is my role? Um, they know I am the person that sort of owns and controls their PD hours. So I think that's where the, you know, the admin side of it kind of comes in. Um, but just the idea that I, I'm just, you know, I, I trying to push them to kind of step outside their comfort zone. So I think that's where they look at me as sort of that leadership role. And, and I sit with, you know, a lot of, I spend a lot of time with our curriculum director um, and we run a tech uh, technology committee where we put together district initiatives every year. Um, and that builds uh, that kind of designs what our uh, district goals are going to be each year from there as well. And I, you know, I spend a lot of time with them to design those. So whatever I kind of feel is the, the avenue and the path we, we need to take, that's, that's where we end up going. You know, the, the, the question that comes up a lot in our tech coach roundtables, and especially I think it came up in our mastermind here, and this is just a question for anybody, but what do you do if you're that tech coach or that tech teacher that, you know, you really are trying to be the go-getter. You're trying to be the one to push things or to suggest things that maybe you saw online or at an ISTE conference or, or anywhere. What do you do if you're trying to be that leader, but no one is listening to you? What do you guys think? Try to find us an administrator or some other leader who is willing to try it out. And, you know, you're just going to be like sharing with them, Hey, here's how to use this tool and I can help you facilitate it and have them be the, the face of that new tool. And um, I think that's uh, important as event. First of all, if the superintendent is sharing like, Hey, I'm going to use this, Google Doc right here. I'm going to use Google Slides in my presentation. The other administrators will be like, oh, maybe I should be using that too. And then they in turn will use it in a meeting or in a, in a staff meeting. And then the teacher like, huh, that's interesting. I see my administrator doing it. So it's almost like it trickles down. So I think if, if they're not seeing me, if I'm not the one that's doing it, I can always help an administrator leader be the face of it. Uh, and help make that change happen. Well, what, what if an administrator comes to you and says, here's the direction that we want to go, but in, in, in your experience as, as a tech coach, speaking with everybody, you guys know maybe that's not the best way to implement this. Maybe that's not the best direction. Maybe we need to make a left turn here a little bit. How do you look at your leaders and say, maybe you should let me lead this one for a moment? Uh, I mean, you know, hey, I'll, I'll start it off, <laughs> but I'm not going to be the one to finish it. Uh, you know, I think with that type of thing, I think you really got to consider, you know, if that's an, a, you know, I think, Jeff, we kind of talked about this. If that's a district 
initiative that an ad administrator wants and that's an avenue that they want to go you know part of your job is to to kind of follow suit and do that so i think we got to kind of be wary to how we wave that line and how we cross it but i think if we have experience in that field or, or that path that they want to go and and we can share examples that maybe highlight why um, we may not want to go that venue. You know, one thing that I think worked for me is some of the things that our district is talking about right now. I have previous experience from a previous district uh, where we've tried some of those things and, and the failures and why maybe we ended up, you know, taking a left turn after we tried to do it. And I think being able to use those examples on the forefront with administration and why it didn't work out um, has actually kind of veered us off in a different direction at times. Uh, and sometimes they still want to follow suit because they see it as, you know, well, that was that district, but let's learn from those mistakes. So, well, I mean, it doesn't really answer the question specifically, but at least it, it's a way to, you know, a, a, as a, a path that you can take as an idea. Well, okay. Let, let, let me, let me take what Nick said. Let, let me see if I can re redefine that question here a little bit. Let's say that your principal comes to you and says, I'd like you to come to our faculty meeting next week and do a presentation on X, but you know that doing a single person presentation to a you know, to 200 teachers in an auditorium where they're going to be sitting a hundred yards away from you. That's not the best way to do that. <laughs> How do you push back on your administrator and say, look, maybe we can do this over the course of three weeks and I'll have one person on 20 teachers, but let's not do one person on 200 teachers. Craig, Craig, what do you think about this? Cause I mean, I, I know with everything that you've been through, what, what, what if the person who's in charge of you just doesn't quite have the best answer in your mind? Uh, the support that I got from administrators was basically from equipment side of things. Um, when those types of things came down, that's exactly what we did. We broke things down into into smaller groups, tried to work with people more individually, what they needed to do within that group. Uh, standing up in front of that whole crowd of teachers, all you want to do then is wow them and maybe impress them a little bit, which is accomplishes nothing to meeting some of our curriculum goals and the things we wanted to do along, along those lines. So absolutely, it was breaking it down into smaller groups. Uh, I didn't get a lot of district-wide support, um, but I got working with teachers and working with some individual buildings. Out of the 18 buildings, I probably had six administrators that really were on board, and we made things happen in those schools, and then from there, the things that were successful started to spread. The things that weren't successful just kind of died, and um, we worked on that for a period of years. Claudia, what do you think? I think that's obviously going to be a challenge. I, the principal asked me to present, and that's happened. You know, I've been to especially high, high schools that have hundreds of teachers, and there's just no way um, that that's just not efficient. But, you know, they are the leaders, and I may suggest, can we maybe try, may, maybe meet with them during a, a, a conference time or something, or I say, hey, how about I introduce the topic, uh, kind of tease it in like a staff meeting, and then uh, I can set up, have a uh, sign up for those, you know, interested in the topic that I can meet with them one-on-one. -on -one. So meet their needs of presenting it to the whole staff and then say, hey, it's, a, you know, if I can train a smaller group can maybe that are more willing to do it, is you know is that okay and a lot of times they're like okay there's compromise but uh 
if if at the end they say no, then it's like, hey, all right, we'll do what you want. Now, in that same vein of, of trying to be a leader in your district, you know, in the past, we've talked about the idea that many of us, myself included, we are in the teachers association. So I find it helpful sometimes to, when talking to administration, you are speaking on behalf of the union, even though you're not a union officer, president, whatever, right? When you walk in there and they say, what do you think? What do your teachers need? You, you are the leader for that for that brief moment of the teachers association and you're trying to advocate for what they are saying for what their needs for what they're complaining about um has anybody have had a situation where you were working with your uppers um and, and you really did need to fight for the rights of your classroom teachers to get what they needed because you know that's what they're being asking for or what, what they're asking you for well I just want to jump in there and I hope I don't step on any toes, but I've always felt that uh, the leader, the technology director in a school district needs to come from an education background because I always spoke for the teachers. I was always looking at what I would want myself or my peers to be doing in the classroom and got our initiatives and things going from, from that background. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I know the teachers will take it a lot better like me, I was a teacher in our charter group. I was an administrator and I'm the director of tech. Um, and I've had them tell me that they really appreciate that. And I think it's important also not to completely shut down what the administrator's saying, because I've also been on that end. Um, so really trying to find a way to work together and always going back to what's best for the kids, I found really helps. I can't say that I've had that experience. Um, being in a, I'm not, I'm at a central location, so I kind of rotate through campuses. Um, so I've not had that uh, experience yet. <laughs> I guess one of the things I run into in different school districts is the uh, the tech leader, the tech director in the building was hired from some computer store without education background. And they got the networks tied down so tight and so secure and I put it down to the point like a custodian who cleans the building before during the summer and doesn't want the kids to come back because they're going to mess up the floors and, and, every, and all the rooms and everything. And we need to realize exactly what you said. It's about the kids and it's about the education and not about all the other technology things that are going on. You know, we've been saying this now for the last couple of months, Nick, but, but one of these days we are going to do a, a whole hour long roundtable on how to work with the tech director who has no clue what a classroom looks like. And I hear it a lot from, from different tech coaches of, you know, I'm trying to advocate for students and, and what's going on. And they're coming at it from a, a gizmos and widgets and gadgets point of view. But that's not the idea for today. We want to know what you guys think out there. I know that you know, you're out there either shaking your head yes or you're shaking your head no at many of these things. We would love to hear from you guys. Find us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. Leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. Or, of course, email us at feedback at teachercast.net. Let us know what you think about these topics. We would love to hear from you guys. Now, our next topic here is about working with teachers, working with students, being in those positions where you guys are presenting. And without a doubt, someone's going to raise their hand and go, 
Yeah, I don't get it. Why are we doing this, right? Have you guys ever been in that position out there where you're presenting and, and you go and say, you know, Nick, can you show us what you're talking about? Show us this great presentation. And Nick raises his hand and goes, yeah, why are we here? Guys, what do you do when working with disruptive members of your faculty? Maybe you're sitting there, maybe the administrators even there observing you, and there's a teacher that decides to take it upon themselves and just show you up. Claudio, anything like, anything like that ever happened in Texas? <laughs> Never, not, right? re not recently. <laughs> no. I mean, I, I think I think trying to think back um, when I first when I was still teaching in the classroom and I was kind of a tech liaison, and uh, I think you know the the teachers that I work with, I had worked with them for like nine or ten years, so we all knew each other, and I think uh, at that that time someone said well why are we doing this it was like you know because we knew each other we can joke and say something you know but i think it's it's harder when you don't if like for example myself now coming into a school where i i don't i'm not with them every day so different campuses um and if it's a question i may just be like you know um come up with the best the best answer if this if it's an initiative that's been going on through the district and you know this is a, a this is an initiative we're doing. Uh, say we're we're trying to implement um, digital citizenship in the school for our students, and you know this is a, a way that we're trying to get uh, all of our educators to understand the, the what is what it is, so that we can help our students become better digital citizens. Uh, and then if there's any more questions, I may say, um, you know, I'm I'm we may if you want to chat with me afterwards, I'm more than willing to to stick around and. and have a discussion. Now, Craig, you've got a, a few ideas on this topic. What, what advice do you have for anybody that's working with disruptive teachers? Well, and I, I took your, your cue there a little bit differently. My, when I dealt with what I would call disruptive teachers, they'd be the, the person who's maybe struggling a little bit and, and maybe complaining about going too fast or, or it's too difficult and they're starting to slow the, the whole group down. And this would be when it'd be a, a workshop type situation with a larger number of teachers. And what I would always try to do in those cases was to have a helper there, somebody who could then go and sit down with that person, get them up to speed, be able to maybe work with them off on the side or else just tell them that, hey, we can't hold everybody else up, but come in one-on-one, -on -one. we'll sit down, I'll get a hold of you sometime after school, we'll get you up to speed. Well, what happens then? You're going to have that same teacher sitting there for the next 45 minutes listening to you, and all of you've done is basically said, wait, and maybe that's wait until next week. What do you do with that teacher for the rest of that workshop time? Well, again, hopefully I've got either somebody that I already had there to be the helper, or I could find somebody that might be able to at least help them, uh, you know, Getting, getting the right keys pushed or whatever so that we can keep them up to speed. Uh, I just don't want to, to lose 19, 20 people because I've got that one person that's kind of holding, holding people back. And on that same note, Nick, what do you do when you're presenting and somebody stops the entire momentum and says, wait a minute, where's that closed caption button on Google Slides? What do you do with that one person? <laughs> uh, you know, I tell them that, uh, you know, to 
you know, not all come out and just say, book me one-to-one. <laughs> hey, book me one-to-one later on. Uh, no, but yeah, I try to seg into it. I mean, if there, if I could fit maybe their question and answer it in a way that I, I can tie it into what I'm doing, then I will. Um, sometimes at that moment, maybe that's a point, a way for me to then open it up to some type of q and I mean, if I see that there's a question that comes up out of left field and it's something that maybe might be interesting, I, I kind of gauge the room and see if other people feel that way. Um, you know, one of the things too is kind of similar to what Craig was going. I, I like to involve, you know, if you kind of get that teacher, that's why are we here and starts to complain a little bit. I think in that sense for me, I like to have other teachers. I like to open it up then to the teachers in the room and then use them as like my way to like answer their sort of their complaint, if you will. So, you know, why are we here? And then I, you know, look around and be like, well, you know, hey, Sam, what are you doing over there? And how did you find this beneficial to your class? So it's not me really coming out and kind of nixing what they're saying, but I'm using the others in the room to, to kind of negate this, you know, what, you know, what could be a little bit of a, you know, an argument or whatnot. Now, Ryan, do you have a canned answer for why are we doing this? I mean, as, <laughs> as the tech director guy, you, you've, you've probably get asked a lot, like, why do we need this operating system? Why are we buying this TV? Why are we buying, what, what's your answer for the guy that just says, I, I I just don't get it. Why are we here? Because I said so. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our next topic. There it is. No, 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 no. Uh, Think, things that a tech coach can't say for a hundred. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the, the first thing I always try to do with myself is catch myself because I can very quickly give a face that could definitely show my annoyance. Um, <laughs> you know, not make it confrontational. Um, always go back to the priorities and if somebody really just wants to keep going, Hey, let's talk about this more. Let me, you know, get that more one-on-one -on -one time. Um, I like to kind of structure my workshops with my teachers to give a lot of time for them to work on whatever we're doing. And usually during that time, I'm making a beeline straight to that person to have more of that one-on-one -on -one conversation. Ooh. Um, cause I kind of found sometimes in that one-on-one -on -one setting, they're not as confrontational. Um, you know, sometimes they just want to be the loud person in the room. Uh, and then on one-on-one, -on -one, it's like, oh, no, yeah, cool. I totally got it. You know, I understand. I, you know, I mean, I think that's sort of nails it. I, Jeff, we've said so many times, I think, you know, depending on, you know, what if you're thinking about what topic you're going to pick, if you're thinking about, you know, uh, how you're going to structure your, your workshop, so much of it is, is the planning phase. And so I think that if you plan it out accordingly, and, and as Craig said, you build that time, um, the Ryan said, as you build that time in to you know, have the teachers create something and work together. And then you build in time to be able to bounce around and do one-to-one -one and answer questions and, and kind of relieve whatever issues they have. I think that's it. So much of it is just how you build in, you know, build your workshop to make it most effective. So my life goes as such. We have six buildings. I have six principals. I have seven assistants, assistant principals. I've got a tech coach, a tech director above me. I've got superintendents. I've got HR. I've got lots and lots of administrative things that are going on, right? We have 2,700 students to worry about. We have 400 teachers to worry about. Your job is to kind of balance every little thing. Your job is to keep your cool when things are going well. Your job is to deflect the, the praise and, and put it back on the teachers when things are going extremely well and they, and, they, and they say some nice things. Your job is to really just be everywhere and make sure that everything is well greased. And at the same time, the people that are looking for you only see you when they need you. 
They email you when they want you. They bring you into the classroom when they need help. They, they give you a task when, when, when something in central office needs help. And the problem is you can't please everybody all the time, right? And this is, this is I find, typical for tech coaches, right? At, at any given point in the day, you can very easily piss off somebody but you might not know you're pissing off somebody. Maybe you don't respond to an email within an hour. Maybe you um, accidentally forget an email. Maybe you say you're gonna be somewhere at 10 o'clock, but at 10.15, you're running down the hallway. Or maybe somebody wants you in another building five minutes ago and you can't get to it. So suddenly that building thinks that you're inactive or in a, in, in, in unresponsive. How do we as tech coaches, get our jobs done safely, effectively, as professionally as possible, but just stay out of trouble. What advice do you guys have for this? Claudia, you said that you have three buildings that you work in? So I'm, I'm, I'm in a central building, but I have the high school and three middle schools, and then we have some like continuation schools. So how do I stay out of trouble? Uh, a lot of times, if someone's asking me to go do something, I'll go do it. <laughs> Um, and ultimately when I'm, when I'm in a classroom and working with a teacher and I've, I mean, I've done it before in previous districts, I won't say I'm doing it now is, uh, if there was an initiative, it's like, this has to be done. Like, hey, you know what? If you can do this with the I'm talking with the teacher, if you can do this, just start with the minimum. Don't worry about, you know, if the, if the, if they need it to be a certain point, it's like, look, do what you can start with baby steps, whatever you can do to help your students. Um, and ultimately is what I, with teachers I say, I share with, you know, whatever is best for your student. Um, do what I've shared with you, what's being asked of you, just, you do the best that you can. Um, and it's, you know, it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission, you know. But what do you do if you find that people are, uh, let's just say that you're stepping in it, right? But you don't realize you're stepping in it because you're trying to deal with the 400 moving parts all around you and you are dealing with the 400 parts. You just might not realize that there's a 401st part that you had no idea that needed attention. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to see if bounce, I may need to bounce an idea off someone else. <laughs> Greg, Ryan, what do you guys think? Well, one of the things that I told the, my tech staff to do was to never promise that they would be there at a certain time or at a certain certain day. It was, we're going to do the best we can. We'll get there when we can. I'll try to be there tomorrow, but never to make that promise of being there at 10 o'clock. Because, again, the superintendent calls you in, uh, server goes down, whatever happens. They don't understand that, but... So that was one of the, the main things that I, that I stressed. The other thing was just for our staff to always be there to make the day of the, of the teachers, uh, not just to walk in and fix a problem or, you know, handle what it, what it is, but to leave something behind. If it's, you know, just a little bit of a tech joke or uh, just a little quick tip that you ran across recently, you don't want to show them it's going to save them some time. Uh, the, the good feelings are always going to be, repaid and I didn't want them ever to start trying to we had a in another school district North Dakota we had a tech uh, that would chew the teachers out you know this is the third time I've shown you how to do this and they had to move them out of the classroom and stick them back in a room by himself so he could just work on equipment because he didn't have the people skills to be able to 
you know, to make it through. But no, I, when you got that many things, there's always going to be somebody that has it dropped. One other thing that, that happened to me, uh, one year we ordered 400 computers and I got them all in right at the, uh, near the start of the school year. And everybody was happy about it. But you know what? Somebody was the 400th person to finally get their new computer into their classroom. And after that, I started bringing them in in waves so that we could take care of 50 and get them out there. And then another 50 would come in. That um, really doesn't answer your question, but <laughs> just some of those things where you need to chunk things out and do the best you can with it. And I think prioritizing is something else. Um, we let people know that we had our priorities were the, the network, the servers, the payroll, the grading. And if something happened with one of those, we had to drop what we were doing and make sure those things got taken care of. And so, then we have good communication in our school yeah. district that would go out to every, every teacher. So I think communication is one of the big pieces. You know, those things do arise. Um, and I found most people are pretty okay. If you can communicate to them, hey, you know, I know I told you I would be there today, but I can't because the whole server went down. I need to tackle that. It's typically when we don't do that, um, that people tend to start to feel those hostile feelings. Yeah. I had one principal early on that told me, he said, there's people that need to know, there's people that don't need to know, but you need to take care of those people that think they need to know. Because they're the ones that are going to complain if they're left out of the loop when something is going on. Nick, I always Nick, like, go what's that? Yeah, no, I, you know what I, I, I have found working recently is um you know when you when you're busy with something and you've got you know an initiative or something you're working on or you know something that's a, uh came up is just giving them something to kind of quell them at that moment so if you kind of have like you know hey I'm, i know i said we would meet and i'm sorry that this came up and i don't want to cause an issue but if you then have like this tip sheet or something they can sort of fall back on or an example or a presentation you've thrown together, just something that you can sort of be like, look at this, and then I, you know, then I'm going to make my way back over to you, and we're going to re, you know, we're going to recap or whatever to show that you're not leaving them hanging now. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a quick one for me that just happened was I had a habit of just responding to emails really, really fast. Uh, to in essence, that they were almost like text messages to me. And then, of course, you know, you get one in and you don't do that, and then it sort of comes up like hello, like the emails come in, I'm reaching out to you. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's seven o'clock at night. I just so happened I didn't respond to yours right away, but you know, uh, you can't win them all. It, it's a hard thing, right? Like when I'm working with somebody, I want to give them a hundred percent of my attention because that's the relationship I want to have with my teachers. But sometimes I give them a task and they're doing it. And then you look over to the side of your monitor and three notifications come up. One of them is a, an email from the super, one's from the tech director, and one's from another teacher asking a simple question. Do you break your concentration with that teacher to go in to to do the email thing? Do you now put that on the back burner and you know that the superintendent's asking you a question, but you're focused here for the next 45 minutes to an hour. Where do you put your, your priorities when you're working here? Because it is addicting to switch over to that Gmail and see everything that's coming in and make sure that you're multitasking. I mean, what we do here is professional multitasking, I would say. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, what, um, go ahead. I mean, I 
What is I don't, I don't answer email. So I make that a point. Like I'm not going to answer email when I'm working with the teacher one-to-one. And I think I've built enough of a relationship with my, my, even my super, um, that if I don't answer or I, you know, if I do see an email from them, that's the only one I will usually try to like, Hey Nick, I need you now or I need you for this. I, that's the only type of email I respond back to. And I tell them I'm working with the teacher. I think they have enough of a realization. They go, Nope, never mind. Like I know that's your, that's your gig. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to be working with teachers. So spend your time doing that and reach back out to me. But I think you have to form that relationship. That's something that has to be built and they have to be on the same wavelength and, and path with you. And, and that's the way it should be, right? Your job yep. is to be in that classroom with that teacher. Craig, yep. what do you, what, what are you thinking? Well, one of the books that I purchased for everybody in my tech department or one of the trainings we went through is called The Fish Philosophy by Bob Pike's Fish Market in, in Seattle, and they became world famous. One of the things that they, out of their four points that they have, is to be there for the teachers, and I found that was the one I was weak at. I was pretty good at the other three. And I had to get into that mode of when somebody came in there, I pushed myself away from my computer, I pushed it away from the telephone, and gave them my undivided attention and, and truly sat and listened to them and, and visited with them. And again, the superintendent was the same way. He would, if he really needed me, he's going to send somebody down there if I'm not answering my phone or, uh, or something like that. But I think that's real important to give them that full attention. We want to know what you guys think. Reach out to us on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. We love having a, a great and lively debate. And you know, Nick, another place that we have a great and lively debate is in our Tech Coach Mastermind. And this is one last reminder here that we are going to be starting up our second cohort for our Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind starting in January. And you can be a part of that cohort and, and receive $50 off your membership price by going over to teachercast.net slash Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind and using the code TC50 to get $50 off your order. We, of course, hope to see you guys right there. Now, guys, next week on our show, we're going to be talking about an important topic, which is how do you prepare for a multi-hour workshop? How do you take the stuff that maybe you're used to doing in 45 minutes and breaking it down so that way there's time to think, pair, share, move, feel, workshop, get around. Claudio, how do you do that? What tips do you have for advice here when you're looking at taking something and making it a, a one hour, a two hour, or even a three hour long workshop? Um, what advice can you, can, can you share with us? Well, definitely you want to, with more time, give teachers time to, to create, to, to have hands-on, to be able to work with the tool uh, whatever it is that they're doing. If it's, if it's, I hear Google slides being talked about a lot, you know, if you're going to share Google slides, then you give them time to create a, whether it's a presentation or something that they'll be using that tool, something that they can use in their class. So uh, definitely build in some time to have something to make that they can take back with them. And what do you see is that? Is that 20 minutes with a 40-minute workstation and then 20 minutes again and then another 40 minutes? Or do you do, I'm going to do an hour and then you guys have an hour? And then what's your breakdown? I think it just depends on what the topic is. Um, you know, if it, for example, if I'm doing like video creation, then I'm going to talk about, I'm going to go, here's the tool that I'm going to share with you. I'm just going to give you some quick uh, rundown of the tool in maybe 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes. Uh, a lot of times I'll ask them, okay, we're going to go step by step together. Okay, now you're going to have 30 minutes to go out and capture footage. Uh, and then uh, we're going to come back together and then put the video together. 
Uh, we'll walk through it here and then give them another time to kind of fine tune it. And then we're going to have like a share time at the end, like a little short film festival or something like that. Brian, how about yourself? Any, any ideas or any, any words of advice on creating multi-hour presentations or workshops? Um, I think when I'm doing that, I'm trying to look for those like natural stopping points um, and then give them the work time. So maybe it's a little bit of a lecture, a little bit of a how-to moment, and then let's immediately apply it. Uh, and then like Claudio said, at the end, kind of bringing back a let's create something and then let's all share, give each other feedback on it. Uh, and if time allows, like, you know, brainstorm, all right, well, how do you see this happening in your class or in somebody else's class? So they walk away not only with the skills, but also a list of here's how I could do it. And Craig, what, what, what advice do you have for anybody that's doing multi-hour presentations? Pretty well, if they've been covered. It all depends on what it is that you're doing. Uh, if you're showing them something on Twitter and you want them just to buy into it and you have them search on some hashtags, that might take not take more than 10 minutes or so. If you're working with Google Classroom and it's their first time through it, you might want them to go ahead and create a classroom, bring them back again, then show them how they can make an assignment. Uh, let them join each other's classrooms, uh, create an assignment, respond to an assignment. Uh, just a, you know, a lot of different ways depending on exactly what that tool is that you're working with them on. And of course, Nick, you know, one of the topics that I'm looking forward to discussing next week here is the concept of what do you do if you're in the beginning of a three-hour workshop and you realize very quickly that you don't have enough, you've got the wrong topic, they're expecting something that you're not prepared to give them. And what do you do? And how do you get out of it? And how do you get around all that stuff? Check us out over on December 3rd. That show is going to be dropping. And you can find all this over on askthetechcoach.com for all the great episodes and archives of this very presentation and podcast. Guys, I want to say thank you so much for your time today. We've, of course, covered a lot of different topics, and we want everybody in the audience to be a part of this. Find us on Twitter at AskTheTechCoach, and, of course, email us with your presentation topics or podcasting su suggestions over at feedback at, at, at teachercast.net. We would love to know what you guys would like to see in our upcoming podcast. We're always looking for great advice, and if you have a question, you can, of course, find us over on AskTheTechCoach techcoach.com and you never know maybe we can bring up your question in a future podcast claudio where do we find out some of the great things that are happening in your neck of the woods well you can follow me on twitter at claudio zavala jr same thing on instagram and uh you can find me on my website i am claudius.com and uh craig how can we find you well on twitter i'm c nansen and I've got my website on, on the uh, show notes here. And I just put a lot of my resources and things that I work with teachers on just because of coming into there and finding out that they want something different than what I've got um, prepared for them. I can quickly shift gears and have the resources available. And Ryan, where do we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Bradford Tech or my website, mrbradfordonline.com. And now, Nick, you recently just published an article on your blog post all about uh, STEAM, I believe it is. Tell us a little bit about it, and how do we find that great blog post? Yeah, so you can uh, check it out. It's uh, edtechforay.wordpress.com, and it's uh, just a post that's uh, STEM, STEAM, or STREAM, and how do we get back to just teaching um, and not kind of segregating each of these ideas uh, that we usually come up with in education uh, as separate, uh, separate things. Catch me on Twitter at nmrl.edu.
Check out all the great stuff here happening over on the TeacherCast Educational Network. Of course, this show can be found over at AskTheTechCoach.com if you're looking to find out more great things about creating podcasts, digital media, websites. You can go over to EducationalPodcasting.tips. That's EducationalPodcasting.tips today. And check out our private Facebook group for everything that has to do with blogging, WordPress, web design, and, of course, podcasting. And we, of course, one more time want to say thank you guys out there for listening to this roundtable. We would love you to be a part of the December show. We usually be probably going to be recording that the week before Christmas, I think. And of course, we want to say thank you guys for making Ask the Tech Coach your home for professional development. On behalf of everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. <laughs>